So of course, ChatGPT was the biggest AI product launch last year and arguably the biggest product launch last year, uh, period. But I haven't talked much about it. I really enjoyed the coverage on the Practical AI podcast, which went over a little bit more of the technical details than you usually get. Who Usually people are just reacting to the responses that they get, but it's not very rigorous or scientific. It's much more of a personal reaction and uh, hope of things to come. But I think there's a lot of technical detail, which is worth talking about even if we don't have everything. Uh, they talk a bit about the um, proximal policy optimization and what it takes to provide scalable human feedback. I am curious going back to what you were talking about a moment ago with, you know, the reinforcement learning with the human feedback, how does that scale? You know, because if we were to compare this for a moment, I know this is very much a kind of a newbie question, but for those of us who are not, you know, deeply into language models, you know, when we were looking at other types of models a, a couple of years, two, three, four or five years ago, um, there was always a challenge about getting human feedback to scale with the amount of training data. How is that tackled in this approach so that you can do reinforcement learning that way, but it scales to, you know, what we're doing at GPT? There's actually like a whole loop of models involved here and different training sets that are of different scales and different models that are of different scales. So let me talk through a little bit of that and I hopefully that will become more clear because yeah, obviously human feedback is expensive in terms of gathering it, right? So how much of this do you need? So there's three steps the, the process with which ChatGPT was trained and other models using this reinforcement learning from human feedback approach, it's a three-step process. So you pre-train a language model, which is not new. We've been doing that for quite some time, right? You pre-train a language model. Then you gather this sort of human preference data and train a reward model. Now, the second reward model is trained to take in a prompt and a response and score it like a human would score it according to preference. So it's actually trained on the human preference data and it outputs a prediction of what a human preference might be on this output. And then the third and final step is that you fine tune a copy of your original language model using this trained reward model and a reinforcement learning loop. So is it just kind of the discriminator you're using the reward model as the discriminator in that or it's like uh, in a in a reinforcement learning loop, you would have a kind of policy which outputs like what you should do next sort of thing. And then you have some type of reward system that rewards the agent for acting according to the policy or not. So in this case, the reward model is outputting that reward or that preference and the language model is actually acting as the policy here. So you have an original language model that is kind of your original policy and isn't fine tuned yet according to human feedback. Then you gather some human feedback, like actual human feedback, train a reward model to simulate that human feedback, and then you fine tune a copy of your original language model, a copy of your policy with this uh, reward model. And so the pre-trained language model, it could be any language model, it doesn't have to be a GPT-3, but in the case of OpenAI, it was GPT-3. But you have an original language model, and that language model could just be a general pre-trained language model, or you could additionally fine-tune that model and 
maybe for a domain or a specific type of output you want. So that's your pre-trained language model. And the step two, to get the reward model, what you do is you start outputting data from your original policy, from your original language model, and you have humans rate it. Maybe you combine that with certain human output or certain other uh, outputs and you have human rating. So that way you're kind of, you're creating a training set for your reward model, which includes human labels of their preference. Then in, also in this step two, you then train a reward model using that data that you've gathered from humans to output the preference. Now to your point of like, how does this scale? Well, the fine tuning of the policy is done kind of with this automated reinforcement learning loop, but you do need humans to generate enough data to train your reward model that's used in that loop. And what's interesting is, and the Hugging Face blog makes this point, is that different people or different groups that have applied this reinforcement learning from human feedback have used different sized reward models. And obviously as the size of your reward model increases, you need more data to train it. That would be a general, <laughs> general rule. In the case of OpenAI, their main language model was like 175 billion parameters. And the reward model was much, much smaller, six billion parameters. In other cases, people have done similarly sized models. And so I think that is an open question, like how, should these models size-wise be related to one another? What types of models should you use for your reward model and how much human feedback do you need? I, to be honest, I think those are open research questions. <clears throat> Let me ask you another question on that. With us getting high quality output that is comparable to human output uh, very closely, um, and to where if you were to get that output, you would find a very difficult time knowing whether it was the model or human that did that. Does that potentially go back in to train further reward models where you're using essentially synthetic data as the output of a previously trained. And so you can build on it. And uh, essentially there's a point where you have enough data where you're largely able to take humans back out, you know, recognizing it's the tool of the day, but in the future you can take humans back out of that loop of providing the reward uh, model to do that. Do you anticipate that that would be a reasonable expectation? I think in this methodology, the, reinforcement learning from human feedback, one of the goals in that middle step is to get enough human feedback that you kind of reduce the harm and the helpfulness of the output model. So this is really addressing, I think, some of those kind of problems with large language models of hallucination and harmful effects, general output. And you can address those. What, what I think is the finding here is you can address those with humans in the loop rather than humans totally out of the loop. Now, here in the next uh, step that we'll describe in the process, humans are taken back out of the loop to fine tune the model, but they're that central piece. So this three-step process of starting with a language model on one end, ending with a reinforcement learning trained model on the other end has this middle step that I think is a really key piece of it that actually helps the utility of the output and potentially reducing harm of the output, which is that human feedback piece.
right, Chris, we're about to the end of this reinforcement learning from human feedback loop. Just uh, in summary, the loop is we have a pre-trained language model, then we gather this human feedback or rating of the output to train a reward model. Now we're actually gonna use that reward model. So in the final step of the process, we make a copy of the original language model or the policy. So you have an original policy and you have a copy of the policy or an original language model and a copy of the language model. You put in a prompt to each of those models and then you get an output from each of those models. Then you use a sort of constrained reward function where you actually penalize if the updated model is straying too far away from the original model. Because I think what they've found is, you know, if you allow it to sort of just take any direction in the output you want, it can have computationally some optimization problems. So you kind of gradually change this language model from the original and you have a penalty for how far that output strays from the original output. And then you score that output with this reward model that you've created. And the way that they're doing the updates for chat GPT and some of these others is with a reinforcement algorithm called proximal policy optimization, which you have sort of two levels of what in physics I would think of as adiabatic change, meaning like things don't change too quickly. Um, one is you don't stray from the original policy output too much or you're penalized from that. And secondly, this reinforcement learning algorithm called PPO um, prevents you from making too big of updates to your model weights in each step. That way you don't have, again, this kind of uh, hard optimization to do. But in summary, you kind of have these two models, the original one, the updated one, you output a prompt from both of them. Those go into your reward function, um, which includes a penalty element for straying too far from the same output. It also includes the actual estimated reward or estimated preference from your reward model. And then that reward is then used to update the weights of your copy model or your new policy using this PPO reinforcement learning algorithm. So hopefully, there's some diagrams in the post that I think are quite helpful. It's a bit hard on a podcast, but hopefully that loop makes some sense in terms of how you're updating this. And this updated policy, or this updated language model is the model that is used. So this is like the chat GPT model that comes out of the end. I think given the limitations of our medium here, I think that was a very lucid explanation of translating it. So I uh, appreciate that. Uh, I've definitely learned some. Good. I No formulas. You can ask ChatGPT to output all of the right formulas, and I'm sure it would do a fine job. <laughs> Where do you think we're going from here? Like, As you have looked at this progression of these models over that we've covered on the show over time, with ChatGPT in particular, it's been I've been kind of amazed at what it could do and using it, but I'm really, really curious about where this is going. And I think it's capturing a lot of people's imagination in that way that are outside the field. Like, what's next? I think there's still open research questions here that are worth exploring. And then there's like workflow and practical implications, I think. On the first side, as was mentioned already, and we were discussing this reward model, as far as I can tell, it's not totally determined like 
what the architecture of this reward model should look like, how big it should be in relation to the model that you're fine tuning, how much human feedback should you use? How does the amount of human feedback that you get influence the harmfulness or the utility of the output and that sort of thing? So I think there's a lot to explore around that dynamic between the reward model and the the language model. In addition, I mean, language models are still being developed, right? So chat GPT used the GPT 3.5 language model as this original policy, right? And they actually used a fine-tuned version of that using supervised methods and human chat conversations. So they started with a fine-tuned version of chat or of GPT 3.5. So obviously we're going to have a GPT 4, GPT 5. We're going to have other language models from other providers, right? From other research groups, you know, big science or Google or Microsoft or whoever's developing these other language models, we're going to have updated versions of those. So I think we can see a research direction with this where people are trying different pre-trained models as their original policy, where people are trying different reward models, where they're mixing them up in interesting ways, where they're maybe using slightly modified versions of the PPO algorithm or other reinforcement learning algorithms to do the updates. So there's a research direction where I think we'll just see a lot of exploration with this kind of template as the structure that they're exploring. So this conversation happened January 10th, 2023, but I think there has been a little bit more interest since then of how to scale human feedback with AI feedback. Um, So there's a rising field now of reinforcement learning through AI feedback, which is kind of synthetic data, but also essentially just training a model to predict human feedback and then using that model instead of human feedback. It's a lot of indirection. I'm not super comfortable with it, but it seems that in AI, every time you add a layer of indirection, you get a new capability. 